podcast for hairdressers. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Just Jay-Z. It is Jesse here. I am alone today. The second episode I've done alone. Stu is doing hair. He's just so busy. He doesn't have time for me anymore. <laughs> just kidding. Um, we have been traveling for like a long time. It feels like two weeks straight because we went from Dallas to Cabo and then we just got back from Florida. So we've had three different trips in the last two weeks and we just didn't have time to film a podcast. So we are playing catch up here. So that's why I'm doing this one alone, but I'm actually kind of excited because I wanted to talk about this for a while and I always get questions about it. And I feel like on Instagram, it's kind of hard to do a post about this. So I thought a podcast would be a perfect place, but I always get questions about my story, how I started my salon, um, how I started my career, how I got to where I'm at. So I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to talk about that. So let's take it way back to 2011. That is when I started hair school. I um, finished high school in 2010 and funny story, I actually never graduated high school. I got my GED and all of my friends and family like to give me a hard time about that because usually a high school dropout doesn't amount to much. And I always like to remind them that I didn't get my diploma, but look where I am today. (laughs) So if you dropped out of high school or if you got your GED, just know that things are still possible. (laughs) So anyway, so for the first year outside of high school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. My mom had done hair my whole life, so I'd grown up around that, and I think everyone kind of assumed that's what I would do because I was a girly girl. I loved hair and makeup and fashion, and since my mom did it, I knew a lot about it, but I was kind of in that rebellious stage where I was like 18, and I didn't want to just do that because my mom did it, and I wanted to find my own thing. So for the first year after high school, I kind of just worked, didn't do much, tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And then a year later, one of my friends was actually like, I'm going to go to hair school. And I was like, cool, I'll go with you. Like, I was just kind of like, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I didn't really think much of it. I just kind of signed up. And me and that friend and then two other friends ended up going to school together. We went to Aveda and it was really fun for a little bit. And, um, I was excited about it, but I was only at Aveda for like four or five months because I ended up just kind of feeling like I was being pigeonholed. And if you went to an Aveda school or if you work at an Aveda salon, this is not to bash Aveda at all. Um, I actually really love their products and I think they're a great company. But as far as schools go, I didn't feel like I was getting the education I was going to want in the real world. When you go to a brand name school like Aveda or Paul Mitchell, Obviously, they are well-known for a reason, but I feel like they definitely end up teaching you things their way. I had to fold foils the Aveda way and weave their way and cut their way, and Aveda has a very specific color line, and I was only able to use theirs, and I just kind of started feeling like if I ever want to do my own thing or if I ever want to work outside of an Aveda salon, I'm going to be really lost. Um, So that was the main reason that I decided to start looking elsewhere for school. And I also just kind of felt like at the time I wasn't getting the best education. I just felt like, you know, everyone at school was kind of just like joking off. And I just didn't feel like it was the right fit for me, which is totally fine. Um, And I'm not trying to bash them, like I said, but it just wasn't good for me where I was at in my life. So I started looking around at other schools and I ended up transferring and I went to a place called the Forum Academy and it was just here in my hometown. And 
Um, shout out to the forum. They are incredible. I went and interviewed and kind of toured the school. And the minute I walked in, I just felt like it was like a family vibe. Everyone cared about each other. Um, I loved that they had multiple color lines you could learn and it was just awesome. So I ended up transferring to there. And then the downside of it was I lost all my hours. So I think I was around 500 hours at Aveda and I switched to the forum and lost all the hours from Aveda, even though I paid for them, which sucked. And I had to start completely over. At the time in Utah, you had to have 2,000 hours, and so I had to do 2,500 hours total because of the hours I lost, and I ended up like not finishing school for like two years because I was also working part-time. I worked at Sally's. I was a nanny while I was going to school, so it took me a while to finish. So honestly, if you like think about how I didn't graduate high school and how I switched cosmetology schools and it took me a while to graduate, um, you would think that everything was against me, right? So it's kind of funny to like look back at that and then realize where I'm at now. Um, but I ended up finishing cosmetology school and, um, it was great. I, I loved the forum. I feel like at the forum, like my passion really got started for hair and I loved working on clients. And that's really like what got me excited to go out into the real world. Um, so I did that. And the year that I graduated school was the year that I, um, got married to my first husband. So we had gotten married and then we ended up moving to Logan, which is a town that's about two hours away from where we lived. So I moved and I worked at a commission salon there. And I also worked at Peerless, which was a beauty supply there at the time. And that's just what I was doing. And to be honest, when I was in school, I always just thought I would just, you know, be a small town stylist, work at a salon, maybe have a home salon in the future so I could have kids. Like literally, I remember doing a project in school where you had to like you know, come up with your dream salon and everyone had like these huge salons and they had like these big plans. And I literally did a home salon for my salon project. It was so funny because my mom had one and I just always thought that's what I would do too. And in my head, that was like the ultimate dream. And honestly, like for some people, that is the dream. Like you get to work from home, you get to have your kids, you get to have flexibility. And that's what I wanted. And so I never really had these plans to do anything crazy. Um, so anyway, that first year I was just at the beauty supply working commission. And I also had started to build up a small clientele back home before we had moved to Logan. So what I would do is we lived in Logan and then on the weekends I would come down, um, back to my hometown and I would do clients. So I would do like two 12 hour days back to back. Like I would drive down on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, I would do like 12 hour hair days. Um, and I had found a salon in my area that I could booth run at. And so I would work there and I would just take like so many clients and then I would go back to Logan during the week. And it was awesome, but it was really tiring because I was constantly coming down here to do hair. And it kind of felt like my whole clientele was being built down here because up in Logan, like it's a college town. Everyone's looking for a deal. There's so many salons there. Um, I did get appointments at this commission salon, but it was like not anything I was excited about, or I wasn't really building a clientele. I was also at a beauty supply. Like it just wasn't like exactly what I was wanting. And that's why I like to come back down to my hometown because I got to do the clients I was wanting. I got to do a lot of blonding and extensions. And I feel like that's really how I started building up my clientele. So, um, I just had an Instagram at the time. Um, I had like a personal Instagram and then I decided to start a hair Instagram because I was like, okay, I'm trying to build. So I think at the time it was like hair by Jess Gish, just like my first and last name. Um, and then it had gotten to the point where I was really starting to build when I was coming back down to do hair. I was getting a lot of referrals. I was starting to post more and get a little more attention. Um, 
And so I was like, I need like a better Instagram name. And I was like trying to think of what it should be. Cause I didn't want it just to be hair by Jess. Cause everyone has that. Um, and it's so funny because at the time I had no idea I'd be naming my future company. Uh, but my mom one day was like, well, you should do Jay-Z because you and your husband at the time, um, people would call us Jay-Z cause I was Jess and he was Zach. And even at our wedding, we had big letters that said Jay-Z. So it's kind of like our couple nickname. So she said, you should, you should do something with Jay-Z and then, um, you should incorporate styles into it because it has to do with hair, but also I'm obsessed with Harry Styles. And so my mom was like, you should do Jay-Z Styles. So my mom actually came up with it and I was like, all right, sounds good. And didn't think it would ever be anything more than an Instagram page. Um, but I started it and I feel like once I like kind of rebranded, I remember deleting all my photos, starting over. I was like, I'm going to have like a great Instagram. I started being pickier about what I posted, being more consistent. And my following started to build a little bit and I was getting more booked. And it kind of got to the point where me and my husband were like, okay, um, I'm getting super busy down there. He was in school, not working. So I was the breadwinner and it was kind of like, okay, my main source of income is coming from from like two hours away. Um, so we kind of got to the point where we were like, I, we should go back down there. I can work full time. And then, um, he could just transfer schools. So we ended up doing that. We moved back down and I continued to work at this booth rental salon and I was doing pretty well. I was working three days a week and I was getting really busy and, um, it was going great. And then, this is kind of like the part of the story that I don't love to talk about because I don't want it to come across as like negative towards anyone. And I don't want it to seem like I am trying to stir drama, but at the same time, it is a big part of my story. And honestly, it's the reason where I'm at, why I'm where I'm at today. So I do want to share it because I feel like I can't accurately tell my story without talking about this. Um, I do have a chance or I do have a story. Wow. I, guys, it is a Friday and my brain is fried. It's been a long week. I have a video on my YouTube channel that talks about this. I filmed it like two years ago, so it's a little outdated, but it's called my story. So if you want to watch that video, this also, um, that video also talks about it, but I'm going to summarize it here. Um, basically what had happened is we were now living back in our hometown. I was doing hair at this booth rental salon and there was a hairdresser that I had looked up to on YouTube and Instagram. And Um, she had actually done my makeup for my wedding. I had hired her to do that. And so I'd met her once, but I just followed her, thought she was so great. And she came to a class at the booth rental salon I was working at. They held a class and she came and me and her got to talking and she told me that she was going to be opening a salon and she wanted me to come work for her, um, an audition. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like this is the best opportunity. This is why I felt like I had to move back down here. And I was so excited. So I went and auditioned and after my audition, she told me I got a job there. Um, and I was so excited. I told my owner about it, the owner of the booth rental salon, and she was so supportive and amazing. And to this day, I owe her so much because she never acted as if I was betraying her by leaving or anything like that. She just was always like so supportive of me. And she always told me how great I was and how like I was like doing so well. And so when I told her I was leaving, I was like, so, so scared, but she was just awesome. So uh, shout out to Shalana. That's her name. And she really is just like the kind of person I want to be as an owner. And she's definitely helped me like come up with the idea of who I want to be. So I just have to give her a little shout out. Um, so anyway, I started working at this new salon and it was booth rental as well. And I started with like, I think like six or seven other girls. And some of them were like newer out of school. Some were, um, a little more experienced 
and I had met them all. We did like a little like meeting and then we had a grand opening and then we all started working and I only worked there. I think was it, it was either two or three days total. Um, the first day I worked there, it was totally fine. And then, um, the second day I worked there, I remember the last, it was either the second or the third day, the last day I was ever there at this salon, I left and I remember talking to the owners. I was leaving and I was like, Hey, do you need any help with anything? Like, do you mean to do towels as I leave? And she's like, no, you're good. And I was like, Hey, see you next week. Bye. Um, and it was fine. Totally good. And then I was supposed to be moving that weekend. So I had taken that weekend off from doing clients to move. So I told her I would see her next week. So, um, long story short that night at midnight, I ended up getting a text from this salon owner and it was like a novel and it was like, and I actually, I think my friend still has it cause I had sent her a copy of it and I think she still has it on her old phone. So it'd be kind of funny to look back at it now, but, um, it was just kind of like, I need to talk to you about a few things and, um, you know, I just feel like you need a little help. I think that you need more training. I think you're a little too cocky. Confidence is good, but I think you're too into it and like too cocky and too confident in yourself. And you're really loud. And some people complain about that. And I just, basically you don't know what you're doing. And it was like this whole text, just like putting me down. And then at the very end, it was like, if you still want to stay at the salon, you can mentor through me and I can teach you. Um, but you won't be able to like take clients essentially until you do that. And then just, and then she was basically like, just like, let me know. And then the best part of this text I remember is she was like, you know, a lot of the other girls like bring me over to their clients and ask my, for my help and ask what they should do and talk to their clients about me. And you don't do that. And so right when I read that, I was like, okay, so this is like an ego thing. And of course I was still really hurt, but that sentence made me realize that like, okay, this is weird. Like, of course, I'm not going to talk to my clients about you. The appointments about them, like they don't, you know, like obviously like they think the salon's cute and they think it's exciting. I'm at a new place, but like, I didn't really quite get why as a booth runner, my whole appointment needed to be about the owner or that I needed to ask for her help as a booth runner. It was very strange. And I did kind of feel like I was at a place in my career where I knew what I was doing. I had this clientele I was building. I was confident and I didn't really need much help. Like, obviously I was always willing to learn, but I think she was like offended that I wasn't coming to her like the other girls were. So I texted back the next morning and I just told her that, you know, I'm really sorry that you feel this way. I'm sorry if I wasn't as experienced as you wanted, you know, kind of just like apologized for what she felt I was doing wrong. And then I just said, you know, if you already have this many issues with me, I appreciate the opportunity, but it's probably not the right fit. Um, and so then I just said, I do have clients scheduled next week. Can I finish those out? And then I'll just leave after that. So I ended up quitting in that text. And then I got a text back and she was like, "Mm, actually, I need to talk to you. You're in trouble. We need to have a conversation on the phone. And I was like, what the heck? Like I'm in trouble. Like I just was like, so confused. So she just kept sending these cryptic texts and she kept saying things like, well, if you don't want me to talk to you, I can talk to your husband, but you know, you probably don't want him to know what I'm going to talk to you about. And I was like, what the heck? And I was in the middle of moving. And so I was like, can you just text me? Like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of busy. Like I don't have time to do this. And she was like, you need to come into the salon. And she kept trying to either get me to call her or come in. And I was like, I literally just like, don't have time. Um, and so I was just, it was just like a weird situation. And I was just like, so confused. Cause I had no idea what I'd be in trouble for. Like after only working there for two days. Um, and then I just, my grandpa was helping me move. And he was like, I just have this strong feeling that you need to go get your stuff from the salon. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I ended up, um, 
going to the salon and it was early in the morning the next day and I went and got all my stuff and there was another girl working there. There was just one person there and I got all my stuff. I left the key to the salon on the back bar and I told the girl, I was like, my key's right here. I'm leaving. And I left and I pull out of the salon and literally as I'm pulling out with all my stuff, she texted me and said, if you don't come in to talk to me by four o'clock today, I think something like that, I will have to keep all of your stuff and hold it until you come talk to me. And I was literally like, what the crap? Like it's my stuff. And it was weird that my grandpa had that feeling that I had to go get it all because she was going to be holding it for ransom unless I came in and talked to her. Um, and I had actually left my wedding ring in my locker. So I was like, oh my gosh, she could have like had that and all my hair stuff. So it's like kind of weird, the timing of how that worked out. But anyway, I texted her back and I was like, you know, I actually went and got my stuff. There was someone there. They watched me do it. Um, the keys on the back bar. And then I just said, I don't feel like I need to come in and talk to you, but if you want to call me, you're more than welcome to anytime. And then she kind of freaked out and was like, you went into my salon without me knowing, even though I had worked there and had a key and it was to get my own stuff kind of flipped out. And then she was like, Hey, we're going to talk later. So a couple hours go by. I'm like, so nervous. Like what the heck does she need to talk to me about? So finally she calls me and I'm in the middle of moving. So I go outside and I remember talking to her and at this time in my life, um, keep in mind that I was a new stylist. I'd been doing hair about a year and a half maybe. And I was just starting to like find my confidence and build my clientele. So that's a rough time for anyone, you know, as a new stylist, like you don't really know your style yet. You're not you know, super established. And it's just one of those times. And I was also like 23. So I was really young. And, um, at the time I just wasn't as confident in myself as I probably should have been. And I'm definitely a pushover. I get walked all over really easily. And I, that's still kind of a problem with me to to this day. Obviously I've learned a lot since then. And this experience also helped shape me in certain ways. But at the time I was just like this scared little girl. So I remember her telling me that, I was in trouble and I was like, okay, what's going on? And basically what she told me was that the day after I left, um, for the last time that I was there, that two people came into her salon to talk to me or sorry to, yeah, to talk to me and then ended up talking to her. And they basically told her that I had been stealing from them and that they had it on camera and they came to this person to warn her because I worked for her and they wanted her to like, just know who I was and all this stuff. And as she's telling me this, I was literally like, what? Like I've never stolen in my life. Like this is not me. Like I just was so shocked. And so the first thing in my head was like, they have the wrong person. And then the second thing was like, oh my gosh, what if they really do think it was me and I'm going to go to jail? Like I remember literally thinking like I'm going to jail. So she's telling me all this and I'm like, okay, wait, where do these people work? Like, who are they? So she's like, I can't tell you. Um, I can't tell you where they work, but they do have you on camera and you've been blacklisted from this company and you're never allowed to go there again. And everyone in this company knows who you are. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, but she wouldn't tell me like what company this was that thought I was stealing from them. So finally I get to the point where I'm just like, I don't know what to say to you right now. Cause it's not true. But like, if you don't tell me who it is, I can't do anything. And then finally she gets to the point where she says something like, if you ever just like needed color or you couldn't afford anything, you could have just come to me. So then I was like, okay, so this is like a beauty supply because you're saying it's about color. And if I couldn't afford it, I could have come to you. So obviously this is like a beauty supply you think I stole from. And she goes, okay, yeah, it's a beauty supply, but I can't tell you which one. So that's all I got from her. 
And so I started freaking out. And she goes, basically, um, you know, you're blacklisted in the industry now. You shouldn't do hair anymore. She really was like in trying to encourage me not to do hair at all. And she's like, you should just stop um, because you, you won't be able to ever shop at this place again. And so I'm like bawling on the phone. And I remember her saying to me like, you know, this isn't just hard for you. This is hard for me because now I have to do background checks for all my stylists and it's made me look really bad. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like I'm like apologizing, even though I know it's not true. Like, but it got to the point where like, I started to second guess it. I'm like, did I accidentally like put something in my purse? And they thought it was weird. Like I was just like trying to like think of any scenario. And I remember her being like, can you think of anything you've ever done that would, you know, that would be like stealing. And it was almost like she was trying to admit, get me to admit something. So she had something. And I remember being like, okay, well, like two weeks ago I had gone to a beauty supply to try to return Redken shades. And I, I remember at the time, obviously I was like new to this area or like new to living back here again. So since I would drive from Logan, I would buy a bunch of things, come down and do hair and then return what I didn't use a, because I was a poor newlywed and B, I just like to stock up for the weekend. Cause I never knew like what I was going to be doing down here. So then I would go return it or exchange it. And I remember the last time I had done that, the girls at the beauty supply were like, it's a little weird that you're always exchanging things. And so like they had kind of asked me about it, but nothing came of it. They were just like, Oh, and then I explained it and they were like, Oh, you're fine. So I told her that. And she's like, yeah, she's like, that is suspicious. And, you know, kind of was like making me feel so bad, but that was the only circumstance I could even come up with that was close to stealing. And so I was just like, maybe they thought I was stealing because of that. And then she ended up saying something like, well, you know, I used to steal when I was 16. I, I stole a pair of jeans or it was something like that. And she goes, and so I know how it feels. And she was like trying to relate to me, but like, I couldn't relate. Cause I'm like, I didn't do this, but like, I didn't feel like I could say that because she told me she had proof of me. So I was just like freaking out. So I just like didn't know what to say. And she just kept saying all this. And she's like, you shouldn't do hair anymore. Um, you know, like you're done. And it was just so strange. And so that was like the extent of our conversation. And then I remember my grandpa came outside and he saw me talking to her and he started yelling at me and he's like, get off the phone with her. Like, this is a waste of your time. So I remember as he's walking towards me, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to worry about this because it's not true. So I'm really sorry it caused you inconvenience and I'm sorry, but I'm going to go. I hung up, I blocked her number immediately. And then I was just like, the next two days living in a daze, I was devastated because I felt like my career was over. I was like appalled. I was like, what if I get like arrested? Like I I literally in my head, like for two days was like, I'm going to get arrested and my career's over. And my mom and my husband kept saying to me, they're like, you didn't do this. Like, you know, you didn't. Why are you letting this happen? And I was like, well, who would like make that up? Like who would literally call me with all these facts and details and like make that up? Like I was like, I must've done something. And then finally, two days later, after I was done being in that emotional state, something snapped. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this ruin my career. I'm going to go to all the beauty supplies in my area. And I am going to find who did this. And I'm going to talk to them about it. I'm going to clear my name. And she had told me that it was the manager and an employee of a beauty supply that had come to her and they made her sign like under oath. She told me she had been under oath, which now makes no sense. And that they had me on camera. So I'm like, I'm going to go ask for the manager at all the beauty supplies. So I went to salon centric, Cosmoprof, Sally's, Ulta. I went everywhere, you guys in my area. And I asked for the manager at each store. And I, once the manager came out, literally said, this is my name. This is who I am. This is what happened. I hear you guys have a video of me shoplifting and I want to clear my name. And every single manager was like, what? Like had no idea what I was talking about. 
talking about. So I look like an idiot because I'm like, oh, you have a video of me shoplifting, haha. And they're like, what? And so by the time I got to the very last place and this happened again, where no one knew what I was talking about, it finally clicked that I was like, oh my gosh, like she made this up. Like that's why she wouldn't give me a name. She wanted to intimidate me so I wouldn't do hair anymore. And I don't know why she did this, but it finally hit me. I'm like, there is no story. And I just proved that because no one knows what I'm talking about. And obviously I knew I was innocent. And so the minute that like I got validation that no one in the area of these beauty supplies knew what I was talking about, I was like, oh my gosh, she did this. And so it was so weird to me because I'm like, why would that, why? why? Like, I just had no reason. Like we, we hadn't gotten into any arguments. I thought I was doing really well there. Like I knew she had sent me the text, like that she didn't think I was like where I needed to be, but I was like, why would she do this? So for the next six months or so, I was like in the weirdest days. Like I was just like, this is so weird. But I ended up calling Shalana, my old salon owner that I had talked about. And I just like called her bawling and she's like, come back. And I ended up talking to her about this and um, small world. She ended up telling me that she used to teach this girl in hair school that had opened the salon that I went to. And she goes, I kind of had a bad feeling about it. Cause I know how she is, but I didn't want to like take away the dream for you. Cause you were so excited and I was hoping it would be okay. But she goes, I was worried. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And hearing that kind of validated it a little bit more. And then she told me, she was like, well, did you know that this girl didn't have her license until a couple months ago? And I was like, what? I've been watching her on YouTube for years. Like she's been doing hair out of her house and doing videos. She's been on Instagram and she's like, no, go look it up. So I ended up looking it up. And this person actually did not have a license the whole time she was doing hair on YouTube and opening her salon. She didn't even have her license until like the month before she opened. So when I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, like it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was just like, why am I letting this person bully me and intimidate me and make me feel like I can't do hair? Cause up to this point I was like, I'm not going to do hair anymore. Like I was like so discouraged. So I was going to quit. And then when I found out she wasn't licensed, I was like, okay, this person has deeper issues than just me. And this was probably a jealousy thing. And I said, I am not going to let this person take away what I've worked so hard to build. So that day I remember being like, I am going to work so hard and I'm going to prove her wrong. And I remember taking the next six months and I was just posting a ton and I was trying to build up my clientele and I was doing really well. And I got to a really good place and I hadn't talked to her or anything. Um, but I remember I had run into some of the girls that used to work or who actually worked at that salon still that I worked with for the three days at the beauty supply. And every time I ran into them, it was like, they were like really weird. So I was like, oh, she probably told them the story that I stole and whatever. So that was like really the only thing that happened. And then one day I was driving down the street and I passed this little house and I saw a for rent sign in the window and I drove by it and I was like, that would be a cute little salon. And keep in mind to this point, I had never thought of opening a salon. Like that was never a dream of mine. Like I thought maybe in the future I'd have a home salon, but I never thought that I would have a salon or let alone like go for it and do it. But I remember driving by it and I was like, it would be like so cute to turn that little house into a salon. And I was like, it's kind of like the vibe of a home salon. And like, it was right next to So Delicious, which was the place I love to go get drinks at. So I was like, wait, that's like so cute. So I was like, I might as well just go look at it. So I got the phone number and I called the guy and he set up a time for me to come look at it. So me and my best friend and my mom went and looked and we like walked in and it was immediately like, this is so cute. And this would be perfect. And it was so weird. Cause we like, I didn't 
think anything of it. But like the minute we saw it, we all just had the feeling. And I remember um, the landlord actually said, it's so funny that you called me because I put the for rent sign up in the window like four days ago and no one had called me. And he goes, usually this property is amazing because it's on Main Street. I would have gotten calls. Then he had realized he didn't put a phone number on the sign. So he went back out and put a phone number on. And then I was the first person to call. So he scheduled for me to come see it. And then he said, literally, he got like seven calls right after that. So he goes, I still have other people wanting to come see it, but you were the first. So if you want it, let me know. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make this decision right now. Um, and then he ended up telling me that the rent was only $1,500 a month. And I was like, that's actually pretty like good for commercial property. And so I was like, I feel like I have to do it. So I remember going home talking to my husband and we were like, we're going to do this. And he was like, go for it. He was still in school, but he's like, if this is what you want to do, he was pretty supportive about it. Um, so I was looking into getting business loans. I put down a deposit for this place and I had no idea what I was going to name it, what I was going to do, but I was just like, I'm going to go for it. So, um, then I ended up going to dinner with my parents one night and I was kind of telling them, like, obviously my mom had seen the salon and my dad knew I was looking at it. And I was just telling him about the process of looking at a loan and like what I was going to do. And he goes, my dad, he goes, have you ever seen shark tank? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I want to be that for you. And I was like, what? And he basically essentially told me that night that he wanted to invest in me and he wanted to give me the money to open my salon. And then I could just pay him back as the salon started making money. Um, so basically giving me a loan because then I wouldn't have interest and stuff. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Like my dad's always been super supportive of me, but he was never really into me doing hair. He always thought that I should go back to college and get a degree and be an English teacher or something like that. Like seriously, like even like, up to like a few years ago, he was like, you should still go back to school and do classes. Um, obviously not anymore. Now he knows, but, um, it was just funny because like I, he was the last person I expected to like support this dream of me doing hair just cause he was never into it. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. So he gave me money. Um, and for the next month we worked on the salon, we fixed it up. It was still like a ratchet little house, but it was so cute. And it was just so me. Um, we call it the little pastel dollhouse Cause it was just like all like pink and turquoise and like all these bright colors. And it was so me at the time. And we actually got it up within like a month and a half. It was pretty quick. And I remember at that time when I opened the salon, I had like 2000 followers. Like I thought I was just like, the big leagues. It was so funny. Um, and that still is like a good number. That's a good following to have, but it's just funny. Like I just thought I was like, I had made it at that point. Um, so I remember announcing my salon and I remember the minute I announced it drama hit the fan with this other salon owner from six months previous. And she started, you know, talking crap about me and saying things on social media. Um, and it got to the point where I remember waking up one morning and I had all these people leaving me like really mean comments on my Instagram and just like harassing me saying I was a wannabe of this other person and I was only opening a salon to copycat her. And I guess what had happened is she had gone on Periscope, which was big back in the day and told her followers that I was like a stalker and I was opening a salon just to copy her. And it was a house just like hers was a house and like just all this weird stuff. So I literally got like a barrage of all these like bullies just coming after me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember that morning just thinking like, I'm never going to be able to make it in the salon world because all these people think that I'm this like stalker. And I, I was just so discouraged again. So I ended up like blocking all these people. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play this game. I am not going to retaliate on social media. I'm never going to respond. I'm just going to just keep going and I'm going to do this. Like I've worked so hard for this. So I did. And over the next year, she, 
kept bullying me. There was, you know, numerous posts and there were things she said about me that I would hear. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I, to this day, am pretty proud that I never responded online. Obviously to friends and family, I was like, what the heck? This sucks. But online, I never retaliated. I always took the high road. And it's been just the last like two years that I've been like more open about talking about this. And I will never say her name because once again, I'm not trying to stir things up. This is just part of my story. And I do feel like it's important. Um, but I have opened up about the experience, but I will never like call her out by name or bully her the way she did with me because it was one of the worst experiences of my life. And no matter how I feel about her and what she did, I would never want to do that to another person. Um, so I took the high road and then, um, I remember a few months into owning my salon, I was doing really well with extensions and I was working with a few different extension companies and using their hair. And it was like to the point where I was ordering hair so much that I was like, it would be so cool to have like a stock of hair in my salon. So I ended up meeting with the owner of one of the extension companies I was using a lot. And I asked her how much it would be to like do a stock. And it was like $20,000. It was like way more than I was expecting. And so I was like, oh, okay, that'll probably never happen. And I remember even asking my parents, like, can you guys invest again and like give me $20,000 to do a hair bar? And they were like, uh, no. And so I was like, crap. So I asked them, they said no. And then a few weeks later, I think my dad was like, did you really want $20,000 just to like buy hair? He's like, do people really spend money on hair? And I'm like, yeah, they do. And I think it kind of just got his wheels turning. And he's like, if this is a profitable business, maybe we can like do something with it. And so we were all in the hallway of their house. And I remember, cause we actually have a photo from that night because it's the night we first talked about opening an extension company and we started talking about it and I don't know what got into my dad, but he, he's not a risk taker, but he was like, let's maybe look into doing this. And he's like, why would we put 20,000 into someone else's company when we could do it into our own? And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like at the time I was like, I do extensions. I know a lot about them. I can do this. Like it'll be so easy. <laughs> and it took us a year of sampling and formulating and packaging and just everything it takes to like manufacture hair and make it your own and start a business. It was crazy. And I thought I knew everything going into it. And I was like sorely mistaken. And I had so many wake up calls because it was so much harder than I thought. Um, so anyway, we took the next year, um, you know, creating our extension line and it was a lot of fun because at that point, both of my sisters has, it had ended up working for me and, so this was about six months into owning my salon. My sister Kira came over and started doing reception and then Bailey came over and started doing reception. And then it quickly grew to Kira being manager and it was just going really well. So then we're all working on this extension company together. So it was like my mom, my dad and my sisters. And it was really fun. My mom and dad still had like day jobs at this point, And they were basically just kind of like helping us, but like not making it their full-time job. But me and my sisters were all doing this and I was still doing hair like five to six days a week. So I was doing hair all day, every day. I was trying to do YouTube. Um, and I was just working really hard in that aspect. So it was great. Um, and then I remember in the middle of all this, I got a message from one of the girls who used to work at that salon with me from the past. And I remember her being like, Hey, I want to talk to you. I know we don't know each other very well because we worked together for like three days, but I have a lot I want to say to you. And I was wondering if you want to meet up. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a setup. Like I was like, they're going to show up and then it's going to be the owner and she's going to like do something to me. And so I was like terrified, but I was like, if this is true, then maybe I'll get some answers about what happened to me. So 
I ended up meeting up with her and a couple of the other girls that worked at the salon. And I took one of my stylists with me just in case. And we ended up going to lunch and they ended up just telling me that they realized this was like a year later at this point, And they realized how the owner was. They had all had really bad experiences with her since I had left. And they basically realized that everything she had said about me was a lie. And I guess the version of the story that she had told them was that I had stolen from her specifically that I had ransacked her salon, stolen things, and that I had actually shoplifted from Salon Centric. So the name finally came out. Um, so I had shoplifted from Salon Centric and apparently I had shoplifted over $50,000 worth of product and that I had gotten caught and that I had to come back into the store with a duffel bag and return it all and talk to the CEO. And that's why I got blacklisted. So they all believed this story about me for a year. And so, um, I, you know, that's why it was always weird when I would see them at the beauty supply and stuff. And I was like shocked because I was like, well, that is like an exaggeration of the story she even told me when she like fired me or whatever when I quit. Um, so I was like blown away. I was like $50,000. Like what? Like it was just insane to me because I'm like, I never stole from her. I never stole. Like it was just so crazy. Um, and so to hear the details that these people believed about me, I was like, wow. So for a year, they all believed this about me. And they're like, wow, this girl's crazy. Um, you know, so then I guess one of the girls, you know, they started seeing me more and more at salon centric. So we would always run into each other. And I guess that started to clue them in. They're like, wait, if she had really stolen from here, why would she still be allowed to shop here? You know, like it just didn't add up. So I think that's when they started to clue in. And then they started having really bad experiences with this owner too. And then they kind of realized full circle, like, oh my gosh, like, what happened to Jess probably wasn't the truth. So we ended up getting everything out in the open and they apologized for how they had treated me during that time. And they ended up just telling me like, this was all fabricated. Like she made this up about you because I think she was jealous. She knew that you had potential and she was threatened. And at the time I was like, what? Like, that's so weird to me. Like I just am no one like, yeah, I have this little salon, but like at the time I didn't have anything when I worked for her, like it was crazy. So anyway, um, they ended up all quitting and doing their own thing. And they actually, a bunch of them have a salon now and I'm so proud of them. And it's kind of cool because we all still support each other on Instagram. And they ended up working at my salon for a little bit because during the transition, um, they had one of them, the owner. So one of the girls I'd met with got kicked out of this salon because she ended up opening her own. And it was like to the point where this owner had like thrown her stuff in garbage bags on the front lawn and the cops had to be called. It was a nightmare. And I remember her calling me and being like me and the other girls, like need a place to go. Cause our place isn't ready yet. So they ended up working at my salon for like a week or two and then they opened their own. So it was really cool. And, um, I'm not going to say their names either. Cause I just like, don't want this to tie back to anyone, even though they are awesome. Um, but anyway, so it was cool because I was like, okay, I'll probably never get an apology from this person specifically, but just knowing that these girls like had fed into it and they were kind of mean to me for that year. And then now they're apologizing and like similar things happened to them. I was like, you know what? That's all I need. Like I will never get an apology from this person, but knowing that like this was a false story and she was just doing it to hurt me, it sucks, but like, I feel like I can move on now. So that was kind of good for me because I felt like I was able to move forward. Um, so anyway, long story short, I start my extension company. It's doing so great. Um, it was so much fun and it's so funny because I think back to when we started it and we just had like this little wall, we had 14 colors to start just machine wefts, clips and tapes. And we had like five of each color. Like it was so tiny, but I was so proud of it and it started doing really well. And 
it got to the point where we were in this little house and we kept all the hair in our basement and like a little like storage locker. And we had to bring all the hair up in the morning and then go put it all back down at night for security reasons. And it was just like getting to be too much. So I remember one day I was driving and it's always like I'm driving and I see places, but I was driving in Linden, which is like 10 minutes away from my current salon. And I saw this building with a sign in it. And I like got out of my car immediately and I went and looked at the windows and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, this would be a great salon. And then I remember that it was a salon and I was like, wait, I thought this was a salon. And I guess it had been a salon like a few months earlier, a salon had opened there and then they ended up closing. And I remember when that salon opened, I was like, that's so cute. Like, that's a great location. So it was closed. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what happened, but like, I wonder if this place is available. So I called the guy the number that was like on the door and he's like, yeah, it is. So me and my sister and my mom went to look at it and my dad didn't know yet. And we were like, this is amazing. We walked in and it was like, this is a high-end salon feel. This is way more open. It's like double the size of our current one. We're running out of space. We need a hair room. We need more storage. So I don't know how, but we convinced my dad and it was kind of funny because we found this place around November and the previous November was when we had started the idea of our extension company. Um, and then this November I found this salon, we ended up doing it. Um, we found someone to take over our old salon. It was actually a girl who worked for us currently and she just wanted to take over the lease and do her own. So it worked out perfect. So we moved into this new salon again. We did it in a month. We opened within a month, got up and running and it was awesome. You guys like, it was like my dream. Like we had bigger space. It was open. It was high end. It was an actual commercial building. And we had like a whole room dedicated to hair. And I was like, we'll be here forever. So we signed a five-year lease and it was great. Um, and things kept growing and my YouTube channel was growing. I was getting more opportunities and it was kind of now to the point where I was doing hair instead of five days a week. I was down to like two days a week. Cause I was, you know, doing stuff with the business and other things like that. And it was just awesome. Um, And then I remember, I can't remember the exact timeline. I think it was like right before we had moved into this second salon, this salon owner, I hadn't heard from her in a while. Um, I thought she had finally left me alone. And then she had done a Facebook post about me and I never saw it. So I don't know what it said specifically, but it was along the lines of I was copying again. And I don't really know why it happened, but it was just like this whole post. And I remember waking up one morning and I just got so many texts. Like, did you see what she said? And I was like, what? Um, And then I ended up getting texts from girls who currently worked with her and were like, we're so sorry about this. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's happening again. Like, I cannot believe this. And I ended up not saying anything again. I backed off. I didn't respond and it went away. And I feel like in most situations, that's usually the right move is to kind of take the high road because those things will blow over. But I was like, oh my gosh, when will she stop? But this time she actually had a lot of her stylists walk out around the same time to go to another salon. And a lot of them that I had talked to had said like, I'm so sorry she treated you this way. This was kind of the last straw for us. We've seen this with her a lot. And I think she ended up losing some stylists, maybe not specifically over it, but like it was the last straw for them. And so that, thank goodness, was like the last thing that happened um, in that like space of time. And I think it did make her back down. So that was good because I felt like, okay, she's finally like realizing it. Like, let's just move on. Um, so anyway, we come to the second salon and we're doing really great. Extensions are growing. Everything's going really well. Um, 
And, but it was getting to the point where we were like, we're running out of storage again. Like we were keeping hair at my parents' house, um, in the back, we were keeping it in like the attic upstairs. Like we were just running out of space again. It was crazy. Um, and so it kind of got to the point where we were like, okay, do we need like another, like, do we need like a warehouse or what are we going to do? But we weren't actively looking because we were in a five-year lease and we were only like a year into this lease. And then it's funny again, the next year around like November, December, I ended up finding another building and it was actually my mom this time. There was a building down the street from our current one and it was a huge building and it was beautiful. And it had been like a furniture store and a car dealership. It had been so many things. And I remember her telling me, um, that she had always driven by it and was like, that's perfect. And then one day she drove by it and it was available. And she was like, what? So she told me, she's like, you have to just come look at it with me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But like, honestly, at that point I was like, we do not need to move again. We obviously can't do this, but like, I'll go look. So we walk in and I was like, oh my gosh, this place is huge. This is perfect. It's the best layout. I fell in love with it. Of course it needed some work, but like it was perfect. So we asked the landlord, um, I called him immediately. I was like, is this place available? And he ended up telling me, he's like, okay, like this building is almost 15,000 square feet. It's this amount. And I was like, holy crap, this will never happen. But I was like, it has to, like, we all just had a feeling. And I was like, my dad will never go for this. He's so conservative. Like I said, he's not a risk taker. I think he's kind of become a risk taker now because of me. But like when we first started this, it was always me having to convince him of things. So I remember we all went to dinner one night and I brought it up and I said, Um, so at this time, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, the story about Freddie Mercury and Queen had come out and I had seen it with my family and I had related to him so much. And after that movie, I became obsessed with Freddie Mercury and I did all this research about him. And I was like, I feel like we're so much alike, like everything in the movie he did. I was like, that's like me. It's so weird. Um, so anyway, I, my family like knows this. So they, that's kind of why like the whole like crown logo came about with education with Jesse is because they just jokingly started calling me queen and that was my logo. And they just always said I was like Freddie. So we go to dinner with my dad and I go, Hey dad, remember the scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where Freddie sells their van to be able to have money to record their first album. And they all thought he was crazy. And my dad's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I think it's time for us to sell our van. And he's like, what? And I was like, I found this new building. I think we need to move into it. I know we're in a five-year lease, but we have to. And he was like, you're insane. And it literally took a month, you guys, of like, going back and forth. Should we do this? Should we not? Me trying to convince him, him saying no. Finally, we get to the point where he's like, okay, so we do it. We find someone to take over our lease, but we ended up having them sublease from us. So basically we're still on the hook for this other salon five years, four four years now at this point. Um, but we decided to do it. We found someone to take over. We move into the new building and this one took about four months because we had to knock down things, build walls, renovate. It was like a big project. And if you go to my YouTube channel, I tried to like document all of the salons and like moving into them so you can go back and look. Um, But this was like the dream salon. Like we all said, like it's 15,000 square feet. Like if we don't, like we're never moving again. I know we've said that before, but third time's the charm. So we ended up moving in. We have a big warehouse in the back. And since this, um, time of moving, it's grown so much. Like this building was the best thing that ever happened to us. It's been a year and a half now and I have grown um, a ton personally. My whole life has changed. I got divorced right after we moved into the salon. Um, I had a baby. The business has changed and grown and evolved and it's just been insane. Uh, My education took off. I have a podcast now. My YouTube's doing great. Um, We now have a clothing boutique. It's just, we have more hot tools and merchandise. And now that we have a warehouse, it's filling up and we're doing more and more than we ever could have imagined. And um, in February of this year, me and my dad actually purchased this building. So it's really exciting because now we own 
the building. We know we're going to be here for life. And if we ever need more storage, we'll just get another warehouse because we're never leaving. Um, but it's just been a dream because now I have a whole retail space and an education center and a warehouse and an office. And I don't even do hair taking clients anymore. I'm doing all business and it's such a blessing because I've been able to do so much for my family. Um, my sisters both work for me full time. We now have more employees. I have friends that work for me. My mom now works here full time and doesn't have another job. My dad still has another job, but he'll probably come over eventually. That's the goal. And it's so cool to just look back at what we've created because it all happened so quickly. I opened the first salon in 2016 and it's now 2020. So it's only been four years and all that has happened in four years. Um, and it's crazy. And it's because I took a bad situation and I decided to fight it and I decided to prove her and myself wrong. Um, and so that's the reason I tie that into this story because I literally took this situation where I felt so helpless and I felt like I never was going to have success or a career again and I didn't know what I was going to do and I turned that into a positive. And it's so cool because I feel like I that happened to me because I was meant to help other people in like this realm. Like anyone who's gone through that or who has had a bad experience, whether it's in here or not, anyone who has gone through that situation and been able to like turn around and make it better, I feel like I can give advice because I've been there firsthand. So it's it's crazy because I feel like if that experience wouldn't have happened to me, I would not be where I'm at today. So even though this person and I, you know, we've had beef over the years. And even recently, I feel like we've had beef because she sells Monet and I've been very vocal about how I don't really agree with it. Um, we've never actually talked face to face since that last phone call we had, but like on social media, I feel like it's been a little bit of back and forth the last four years, but it's crazy because even though like everything I went through, I'm like so grateful at the end of the day, like literally the other day I was like, should I just like send her a thank you card? Because literally like if she hadn't put me through that, I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't be the person I am. Um, so it's crazy. I just want anyone out there to know that if you have gone through a hard time or someone is bullying you or giving you a hard time or making you feel like you're not, you're like worth anything, just prove them wrong. No one knows you, but yourself, no one knows your talent. No one knows your work ethic or your drive. And to be honest, guys, like I said, I didn't graduate high school. I didn't ever think that my life would amount to anything. And here I am. And I'm doing this amazing thing that I never thought was possible. And my whole family, is here with me doing it. And, um, it's just crazy that I've been able to come this far. So I just want to like tell that story because it was kind of a lesson to myself. I never thought I even had the work ethic I do now. And now I'm a workaholic. Like it's to the point where like, I actually need to learn to slow down. Um, but it's because I pushed past my insecurities and my fear and I did it. I just jumped in and did it. So that is my number one piece of advice to anyone wanting to start something, whether it's a business or a salon or even an Instagram or a YouTube channel, just do it. Don't think about the consequences. Obviously you have to think like real life stuff. And luckily I have my dad and my family to like ground me because I'm the kind of person that like doesn't think of the risk and I jump in head first. And so there's been a lot of ventures that I've done that with. And then they're like the logical part of it. <laughs> But, you know, just do it and just don't be afraid and be consistent with it. Don't give up because it does take a while to build. And my journey has moved really quickly, but it did take a while in certain things. And you have to be patient. But now I'm at where I'm at. And it's all because I believed in myself and I was willing to work hard. So it's cool because I feel like now I've been able to give other people opportunities. Like I said, my family now has full-time jobs that we all love. Um, you know, Stu is a great example. He moved across the country to work here and now he is an educator and um, 
does the podcast with me and is doing hair and killing it. And I have all my stylists who are doing so well. And it's just cool that I'm able to give other people like dream opportunities because like that was me one time. Like I was just that hairdresser that wanted to do something. And that's why I started my YouTube channel. It's why I started my education business is because I wanted to help others. And it's just rewarding that I was able to do that. So anyway, you guys, 50 minutes later, I'm sorry I rambled. I hope that this answered some of your questions about my story. Um, That was a very general synopsis. Like I said, you can watch my YouTube channel if you have any specific questions about this story. Um, But I can also do like a little Q&A on my Instagram. Or if you wanted to DM me, you can also ask me questions about my Instagram as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little podcast. Sorry if it was really boring me just talking your ear off. Um, I guess I'll do peaks and pits now, even though I'm alone. All right, let's talk peaks and pits. Okay, so I would say my peak for the week is probably, gosh, that, I don't know, it's been a stressful week to be honest, you guys. <laughs> um, my peak is probably that we have like two more weeks off from traveling. We just got back from Florida this week and usually it's like back to back, especially the last few weeks it's been, but we actually have like two weeks off to settle down. So I'm excited to spend time with my baby and just do the work that I need to get done. Cause when we're traveling, sometimes it's hard to stay up on everything. So my peak is that I just have like a little bit of downtime to have a breather and get things done without being too stressed. And then my pit is that if you follow me on Instagram, you know, yesterday I got hacked. My Jay-Z styles account was taken over. Um, Long story short, it was hacked from someone in Turkey, it sounds like. Everything was in Turkish. They changed my phone number and my email, and I had to go back and forth with Instagram and send photos and prove it was myself, and I honestly didn't know if I would get it back, you guys, and it was, like, devastating because going back to that story I just told, like, I made this Instagram six years ago, and it's what propelled my whole career. Like, Jay-Z Styles started everything. I named all my companies after it, and that's how I got started. That's how you know, I started my YouTube channel and my following and it's the biggest following I have. So it was like so scary to me and I was really panicked. I was trying to stay calm, but it was really scary. But as of today, a few hours ago, I got my Instagram back and I'm so grateful. So thank you to Instagram and shout out to everyone who helped me. My husband was a big help. My sisters, my family. Um, I have my social media manager who helped me and they're all just amazing angels and I'm so grateful. So this is a lesson to anyone out there who has an Instagram you put on two, uh, two factor authentication. I think it's called change your passwords all the time. Don't make them anything easy to guess and just never open a spam DM, a spam email, anything like that, because the internet is honestly a scary place, you guys. And it was like so sad because a lot of people do build their businesses. And if I would have never been able to get that page back, I would have been really sad. So it's crazy, but that was my pit of the week. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We do have new episodes every Friday. You can catch up on Spotify or iTunes. I believe we're like 15 or 16 episodes in. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, we've just been really enjoying doing this. Uh, make sure you tag us if you're listening to the podcast. We hope you're enjoying it. You can find all the podcast updates on our company Instagram, which is jayzstyles.co and also on my personal Instagram, jayz.styles. And then my other one is just jesse with four eyes. You can find Stu at stew.styles with a Z. And you can also find all of that in the show notes below. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you next week.